Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner, and it feels good to be back in the studio, finally. So I've got some great interviews today. It was Sam Davis, who I connected with out in Arizona and just loved the message that she was putting out. So we had an incredible conversation about empowering women. So I highly recommend you guys check out Sam Davis on Instagram. And if you can do us a favor, if you enjoy the episode, take a screenshot, post it on your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and tag at Sam Davis 19. Also, if you can give me a five star rating on rating and review on iTunes, please. It is the best way to help the show grow. So I would greatly appreciate that. And lastly, before we get into the episode, the Summer Hustle 12 week neurotype transformation challenge registration is officially open. I am going to post the link in the show notes and I can't wait to see you guys in the group. It's going to be epic. Some incredible results are going to happen and I am doing the challenge myself. So join me. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, here is my episode with Sam Davis. All right, guys, I am here with Sam Davis, and we've tried to schedule this like three times, so I'm very happy to have you on the line now. I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, finally. We finally made it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, we connected, uh, I guess it's been like a couple months now, and one of the things when... Uh, when I heard your kind of presentation and like your message, uh, you just came across as somebody who was very authentic and genuine and like really cared about people, which I felt like was an awesome <laughs> thing. It's, it's, you know, it's rare as, you know, our, our space is so crowded and sometimes it's, you know, it's like you just hear the same message over and over. And I feel like with you, it was, um, it was very apparent that like you had kind of this, you know, passion and this personal uh, meaning behind what you were doing. So I definitely wanted to get you on the podcast to hear a little bit more about your story. Um, also, my audience is predominantly female. So I thought that would be good um, to have you come on and, and talk about all the cool stuff that, that you're doing. Um, so let's just start off with a little bit about yourself, how you got started into fitness. And then tell me like at what point you kind of made that realization that you wanted to do this for a living. Okay, so we go way back. Um, I played softball in college, and from there, I was after I was done playing, um, I realized that I really loved the fitness space, and I started as a personal trainer. Um, and then from there, I graduated college, and then I left the fitness space and went to nursing school for about a year. Um, I give nurses my hats off to nurses because they are incredible people. It's just not for me. I remember going in like at 4 a.m. to clinicals and the, all the women around me were like, I love this. This is so great. And I was like, this is not so great. I do not want to be here. So I realized that I kept going back to fitness. And, um, and so it was something that I was really drawn to. And I love the science behind everything. I'm a huge nerd when it comes to nutrition and that kind of stuff. So it was just something that I really, really appreciated. Um, and then I also, after I was done with, with softball, I hired my own coach. Cause I kind of went, like I fell into this kind of depression, deep, dark hole of, um, not really knowing my identity. I played softball my whole life. And so after I didn't have that 
softball player label. I didn't know who I was, what I was going to do. Um, and so I hired a coach of my own and she really gave me the tools to, and like really kind of sparked that interest, um, in building the mindset of things, if that makes sense. Like there's, she always preached that there was a huge mental side to this as well. And then once I figured how powerful that was, I figured out how powerful that was and, um, how, I mean, it, it bleeds into other areas of your life, like your career, your school, you know, whatever it may be. Um, once I kind of made that connection and really gained that confidence back, I was like, okay, I have to figure out a way to give this to as many women as possible. This is dope. This is so cool. I feel, you know, you can feel like you can take on the world. <laughs> really, You can do anything. Um, so it was really, really powerful for me. And that's kind of how I got into the space, uh, left nursing school. And then I, um, after that, I went and trained my clients in their homes here in Scottsdale. So I was going home to home, training them, training women. And I realized it wasn't lucrative enough for me. It was just like, it was taking up too much of my time. One of my favorite hobbies is to travel. I couldn't travel because I was working six, seven days a week. Um, and so then that's how Powerfully You was born, which is my program now and my one-on-one coaching platform. And um from there it's grown over the last three years and I'm extremely extremely lucky and grateful to do what I do it's really incredible the women that I get to work with yeah that's awesome and I love that you made the mindset connection right off the bat so tell me a little bit about what your coach was able to unpack for you that made you realize that you know there's more to it than just what we're doing physically with our bodies but that it starts kind of with the mind first Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I like the biggest light bulb is that it's a choice so they always like you press good nutrition, you got exercise to, to feel good, but there's no, there's no why behind it. So she was establishing all the whys, like why I was eating well, why I was exercising the way I was based on my goals and my body type and establishing that why and understanding the why behind everything it was huge for me. And that's, I actually carried that into my program is with all my girls, we established why we're doing the things that we're doing. And if we can't figure out that why, then we sit down and dig a little bit deeper. And there, a lot of times there's a lot of, a lot of past history or, you know, things like that, um, that we dig into, but she had to do that for me too. And I had to create my own identity. Um, now that I wasn't a softball player anymore and the why behind what I was doing was super important. And that's what drove me to continue the lifestyle and continue to eat and choose to be, um, to be healthy for lifelong health. Yeah. And those are powerful lessons. And you mentioned the identity a couple of times. So I think, you know, one of the things that we tend to do as humans is we, our actions align with our identity, whether we realize it or not. So we can say we yeah. want to do one thing, but if we're identifying as this other person, uh, our, our actions and tendencies will naturally gravitate towards that. So tell me what that identity shift was like for you as you no longer identified as a softball player, uh, you know, through the work that you did with your coach and starting to make these realizations for yourself. Um, then where did your identity shift to where you could start to connect to those choices you were making to align with your new identity, if that makes sense? Yes, it does. Um, it was actually tough. You know, I didn't really figure out my like my true identity and what path I wanted to go on until I experienced nursing school. Like that was, I thought I was going to be a nurse because it was safe and I would have a like a, a check coming in every month that I could pay my bills and eat with. And then I realized that it wasn't. Like, I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how or like what platform I was going to do that on. And nursing just wasn't for me. So the minute I kind of put the whole like if you take control of your nutrition, your health, it's something that's super empowering. That's when I realized like that connection for me was like, okay, 
that's what I meant to do. Like that's what I meant to do. I'm meant to help and teach women how to empower themselves through health and fitness. And so I actually really didn't figure out my true identity, my true path in life until after nursing school. And that was like three years ago. So it was a struggle for me. It took a couple of years for me to figure out exactly where I was going and how to follow my passion. Um, but that was, it was a really difficult shift for me because when I was done playing softball, I kind of just like, I kept eating, like I was still playing and practicing and working out six, seven hours a day, you know, and then I swore I would never step foot in a weight room again. Cause I hated it. I was like, I am so over this, you know? And, um, so, but it took, it took a while to get back in the weight room and eat what was right for my body. And, um, but really establishing my, like my path in life was the biggest thing for, for me. And that didn't happen probably until three years ago, three, well, more like four years ago now, but, um, it was a tough, it was a little bit of a tough journey for me mentally. Yeah. And that experience has obviously allowed you to pay it forward to your clients. And I think that with women, especially the identity thing becomes more of an issue because I feel like women kind of are being pulled in so many different directions, whether it's being a mom or a spouse or, you know, whatever it is, um, it, women kind of have this tendency of putting others before themselves. And so having that own, that own identity or being selfish, um, and taking care of their own health first sometimes gets put on the back burner. So, you know, what are some of like the common scenarios that you see from a, a mindset standpoint with the women that you work with, um, just getting to that point where you can help them, uh, understand that, you know, being selfish is actually okay. And it's really the most selfless thing you can do because by taking care of yourself, you're giving more of yourself to others or being the best version of yourself to others. But what are some of the common challenges that you, that you find with women in that, that identity process? It's the, so the biggest client that I have, like the clients that are nurses and moms, those are the two, the two kinds of clients that I have that really struggle with putting themselves first. And I think it's just because naturally nurses and moms are givers. They want to give and give and give. Um, but what they don't give is to themselves. And so with that, it's a huge mindset that we have to sit down and go, okay, so if you're not, if you're not feeding yourself properly, how are you going to, or if you don't have the foundation or the education to eat properly, how are you going to teach your kids how to eat properly? How are you going to um, keep energy up when you're in the hospital or in the office? Like how are you going to have that energy to give and serve your people the way that you, you want to, or you're meant to, you can't like there, if there's not a foundation for yourself and if you're not taking care of yourself first, you cannot serve your people, whether that's your kids or your clients or your patients you cannot serve them in the best way possible. And so once they are without, you can't serve them in the best way possible without taking care of yourself and building that foundation for yourself first. Um, and so once that kind of goes off and clicks, it's, um, it's a huge deal. And then they also realize too, is like when you start feeding your body with, with foods that are meant for your body and the amounts that are meant for your body, you have a lot of energy and they feel that shift in their body and how they feel. And then they realize that it, automatically bleeds into the rest of their life, taking care of their kids, um, you know, taking care of their patients and that type of thing as well. So it's really cool to see that shift happen um, over time with them. But that's kind of when they start to actually physically feel it. That's when the, the, the huge shift happens. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, she's she's not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
just telling me the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love yeah. that you made the connection between, um, you know, eating certain foods that to support your body, to, to support your goals and actually how it makes you feel. Because so often, and the examples that you use with moms and nurses, the other thing is that they're super busy. So it's oftentimes yeah. we're just, you know, on the go and never really taking a step back and, and being mindful about like how I actually feel. Um, and so making that connection for someone is a powerful thing when you're like, okay, when I do these things, I actually feel better. And then it becomes a conscious choice. Not I have to do this, but I want to because of the way that it makes me yes. feel and the way that I can, you know, be there for my kids and show up at my job. And, and you're right, it spills over into every other area of your life, yeah. which which is huge. Um, are there any other like common mindset? Str- I mean, I can think of a few off the top of my head when it comes to women in particular. Um, so I'll throw one out there and then I'll let you throw out one um, yeah, that you see. It. So I feel like with women... Um, they kind of fall into the comparison trap maybe more so than men. I think, I mean, me personally, I fall into the comparison trap too, but I I might have more feminine qualities. But I think that it's definitely common (laughs) amongst women um, to fall into that trap. What are your thoughts on that? It is. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really easy for you to, and I do too. Everyone does it. That's the thing. It's like, it's not uncommon. So if you find yourself comparing, that's something that's completely normal. And it's something that we, we do. Now the thing that needs to take place after you compare is, okay, what, what mindset am I, what am I doing to get to a point where I mean, I'm going to figure out how the best way to put this is. I'll just give you an example. So if like I'm at the pool or, and I see someone with like a a girl with great legs, like say I'm like, I love her legs. I want her legs. And then you start to compare your legs with her legs and you have to start at that point to stop yourself and say, okay, I'm doing everything that I can to get to my goals, to have legs like hers or the best version of my legs. That's the biggest thing is my legs will never look like her legs. It doesn't matter because they're not my legs, (laughs) you know, but if I'm doing everything that I possibly can and I step back and I appreciate what I'm doing and I pay gratitude to my body and what, how I'm eating and how I'm exercising to get to a point where I can say, yeah, hell yeah, I love my legs. You know, that's super important to step back and make that mindset shift instead of being like, well, my legs don't look, look like her legs. So I suck. You know what I mean? That, that mindset shift, you have to stop and be like, no, I'm actually very grateful that I have the opportunity and I'm choosing every single day to put the right foods into my body, to make the right choices in the gym, to make time for myself so that I can get to a point where I love my legs just as much as I love her legs, you know? And so that's kind of the, I I find that if you just pay gratitude to your body and just like tap yourself on the back and say, Hey, like I'm doing everything that I can. And that's really freaking cool. Like that's really cool. If you're taking that as powerful, you're taking control of your life and you're, you're, taking control and choosing to make the right choices every day to get to a point where you love your body and you love those legs and you know, whatever it may, whatever your goals may be. But I think really appreciating what you're actually doing in that time is super important. The hardest part is stopping yourself. That's a practice. That's something that you have to practice every time you find yourself comparing to somebody else. But that's usually how I break it down for my clients that come to me and say, Hey, I'm really struggling because I'm scrolling through Instagram every single day. And it's making me feel really shitty about myself. I'm like, well, Hey, are you doing everything that you can to make yourself feel good and reach your goals? And they're like, yeah, I am. I'm like, okay, well then thank yourself for that. That's super important to appreciate and recognize. And most of us don't, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just the nature of our culture, it's, it's in front of our faces like nonstop every single day. So, uh, like you said, it's common for everybody to fall into that trap and just to be forgiving that, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person because you compared yourself to somebody else. It's just that awareness, um, like you talked about and then taking a step back and reframing it. Um, the other thing that's, you know, I find is important is that, you know, we don't know that other person's story. So we're seeing like that snapshot in time. Uh, that person who has great legs could have been working on her legs for 40 years for all we know, you know, it's (laughs) like, um, so it's just, we don't have the full context. So just reminding ourselves that, look, we're seeing either the highlight reel on social media, or we may be seeing somebody who is, you know, has been doing this for a really long time, or even, you know, sometimes they could be, um, it could be like, not the healthiest thing. So we're, we're aspiring to be somebody who has maybe, you know, a disordered relationship with food or their body. There's a lot below the surface that we don't know. Um, so, you know, trying to reframe things and just like you said, putting it back in perspective. Um, what are some other of the like common mindset struggles that, that you see, um, that you, you know, most women typically fall into? I think another big thing that women fall into is punishing themselves for eating something bad. So I always find like women will come to me and say, you know what? I screwed up and I had a bag of chips with my lunch yesterday because I wanted them. I was like, why are you punishing yourself for that? They're like, I felt guilty. I did extra cardio. I did this. I'm like, don't don't do that. If you want a bag of chips, you have to enjoy life. It's a lifestyle. Like if you were eating a full bag of chips every single day, I'd say, okay, let's tone it back a little bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, it's, it's okay to have those things. It's okay to, and I don't even like the word, like treat yourself. I don't even like that. Like, just, just give yourself permission to enjoy those things without guilt. That's something that I always talk to my clients as well. Like give yourself permission to have that bag of chips and be like, you know what? Like I'm going to be okay. Like this extra 200 calories is not going to make or break me. And it's not going to ruin my progress. It's not going to break me down. But a lot of women will eat that bag of chips and then they'll go, okay, I'm going to like go ham for dinner. Like I already screwed up with the bag of chips. I'm going to go ham for dinner. I'm going to eat dessert and I'm going to keep eating and eating that day just because I've already had that bag of chips it's not that big of a deal. Like that's what I like. I really stress my clients is just give your permission, give yourself permission to enjoy those bags, that bag of chips. And then you just hop back right on the train. Then, you know, go back to tracking your macros the way that you're supposed to and make healthy choices for dinner. And it's not the end of the world. It's eating the bag of chips and then getting derailed. That is the big issue. And so when you switch your mindset and said that bag of chips is something that you enjoy, like shifting it from like, making yourself feel guilty to something that you can enjoy without guilt is difficult for a lot of women, but that's also a mindset shift that needs to happen. Just give yourself permission to enjoy that bag of chips. And then it doesn't feel so like naughty. You know what I mean? Like that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Like a lot of women feel like eating that bag of chips or that bowl of ice cream or whatever is really naughty. And then it like spirals out of control. But if you just give yourself permission to enjoy it, it's not that big of a deal. And then you just go back to what you were normally doing for dinner or, you know, whenever you had that treat for lunch. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's a huge one that I deal with, with a lot of my clients as well. Yeah, totally agree. And it's one of those things that if it's available to you at all times, and like you talked about in the beginning of this podcast, like everything is a choice. So it's not something that you can't have. It's something that you can have anytime you want it. And that kind of removes the novelty of it. Like it's no longer on a pedestal of something like, well, I can't have this and then I'm going to break the rules and go have it. And then you feel guilty. (laughs) Um, It's something that you get to make that conscious decision anytime you want. It's there for you to have. And, um, you know, just, you know, reframing that mindset of I get to choose 
uh, what, you know, if I want this. And um, again, it comes back to just being mindful. Like, is this really something you want? If yes, then by all means, go for it. Um, if not, then you can choose right. not to have it. And I think that um, I agree. It's one of those things that we, we place this, uh, you know, these rules on our diets and what foods we can't have and what foods are bad. And there's all this stuff thrown out there on social media. And, and I think that just clouds the, um, the mindset. Whereas, you know, if we really just break it down that, um, you know, you can eat whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) And then it's like, no longer are these foods placed on this pedestal. It's anything. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, connecting to your body and actually how you feel when you eat a certain way, now you're making choices because of they make you feel better because they give you more energy because you perform better um and and then you are allowed you know you have basically removed that novelty and so when you truly have a craving or you just want to enjoy a bag of chips it's right there for you to have and um so i i definitely think that's a common thing um, yeah so i i think that with the with the mindset around uh like food morality um how do you kind of work through eating enough to support your goals. Cause I think that, you know, women, the message has been hammered home, um, in, you know, through our culture that, you know, women should be a certain size and not take up space and, you know, try and get your body as small as possible. How do you kind of, um, help women break through that and just realize that, you know, eating to support your goals and being in a strong and fit body is something that they should, you know, be proud of and, and kind of shift that mindset. That's a tough one because some women, some women don't want to be, um, they don't want to be muscular. You know, that's a choice. Like how your body looks and how you design your body is again, another choice. Um, and so women that come to me are often there. I have, I have most, I would say most of my clients want to, gain muscle and then also lose fat. I would say like 95% of the women that I work with are like that. Um, which is really cool. Like I love women that come in that, you know, they may not want to be a figure competitor. Not everybody wants to look like a, like a peak figure competitor, which I get, it's not a maintainable body type, at least for me and for most. Um, but they'll always say that, like, I don't want to, I don't want a six pack, but I do want to have muscle and I do want to be strong and I want to watch my strength increase. And so when I get girls on the phone that are say, I want to, I want to increase my strength. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know? So a lot of the times I don't really work with women that have that issue. They've already made the choice that they want to be muscular and they want to be strong. Um, and that's really cool. Like I, they've already, they've already made that choice and then they come to me. So I don't work with a lot of women that are um like maybe super lean or like have trouble putting on weight i've worked with a few like that but um all more than a few but i wouldn't say that's a huge obstacle that i face as a coach um and i don't really hear that obstacle a lot with 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 women that do come into my program so it's interesting that you you brought that up because it is like the fitness the fitness side of things and being a strong, like muscular woman, it is now part of our culture. Yeah. Like that's something that is growing, which is really, really neat. It used to be really frowned upon and now yeah. it's coming back. Like being a little thicker, a little fuller is super cool. Yeah. Um, but again, it's a choice. Like if you want to be lean and, and you want to be tall and lean, like that's your choice. If you don't want to be muscular, then that's your choice. I mean, I can help with whatever, but um, but women who do want to come in and have muscle, I always think that's really cool. Like yeah. be strong and have muscle and it's really empowering. That's like the biggest thing I can say behind that is 
the women that do leave my program and they've gained muscle and leaned out, it's so powerful to go into a gym and, you know, deadlift, you know, 200 pounds or whatever it may be. But it's, it's really powerful. It's really empowering doing that. And so the women that do come into my program have already made that decision. Like I do want to be stronger. I do want to gain muscle. And that's really cool. Those are, those are probably majority of the women that I work with. They've already made that choice. So I I didn't have to make that choice for them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. Like whatever you want to do with your body, it's all up to the individual. Um, I think that that message of, you know, I think CrossFit did a good job of like, changing that message about, you know, female body types, quote unquote, you know, and that, you know, it's okay to have muscle and want to be strong and um, that it's not taking away from femininity or anything like that. Uh, So and I think that that message has shifted a lot from, you know, the last decade. So, you know, I think that I still see a lot of women in the gym who are like still, just hammering the cardio machines and, um, you know, not lifting heavy weights, which again is a personal choice. But sometimes I wonder if that message is still out there a little bit that, you know, you you know, kind of the way to get leaner is to eat as little as possible and to do cardio as much as possible. Um, so trying to shift that mindset that, you know, you can actually, um, you know, get leaner through eating more and lifting and, you know, supporting, And that's hard. I mean, that that's really hard. The other thing that I've found is it's the lack of education. So they don't actually know that lifting weights and eating more, eating more protein, eating what's right for the right, like, you know, percentage or balance for your body will actually give you the body that you want very, very quickly. Um, and the, so the lack of education, that's one of the things that I really focus on in my program. And when you work with me as a coach is education. Like that's my number one pillar. It's like that found that, that foundation has to be so solid. And if it's not, they're just going to be on the cardio machine. The other thing too that I find with women is that it's the gym is really intimidating. If you don't know what you're doing with those weights, it's probably going to be really freaking scary, especially if you go between 4 and 6 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> 4 and 6 p.m. is the scariest time to go into the gym. <laughs> so, it's um but I do find that like the lack of education is is um is an issue for sure. So I always say for my girls that maybe don't want to buy into an online program or something like that, like hire a trainer for a month and really take notes and learn and ask questions. Um, it's worth the investment just to get comfortable in the gym. And then from there you can go find a coach who's going to design you a completely customized program and teach you nutrition and, and, and lay out the entire, uh, you know, exercise program for you if you're not comfortable in the gym, but don't want to spend the money to work with a trainer for, you know, eight, nine months or whatever. But that's, I always recommend that for women who aren't ready necessarily to take the full dive into the gym by themselves, just hire a trainer for a month and take notes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, what you mentioned about education is so important. I think that's where a lot of coaches come up short and that, uh, you know, they throw out, you know, these instructions or these rules. And I think that's where a lot of the mindset stuff that we talked about comes into play because we're not actually teaching anybody when we do that. We're not teaching them about themselves, about what their, you know, body responds to. We're just saying, you know, here's a template or here's a meal plan. Um, these are the, you know, the foods that you're allowed to eat and these are the ones that you're not allowed to eat. And then, you know, you start to associate this morality with different food choices and it, it can just have this whole cascading effect of, of mindset issues. Um, so when you, like you talk about empowerment and education, I think that goes hand in hand. Um, you know, is that kind of, uh, when you, you know, you talk about empowering women. Uh, 
talk to me about like your definition of that and what that really means to you to take somebody who comes from, you know, maybe they've had some bad experiences or mindset issues and then taking them to a place of empowerment. Well, it goes back to the whole why thing. Like, like you were saying, like the education and, and, and trainers and coaches will give meal plans and a workout program but they don't explain the why, like, why am I doing this? Why am I eating this percent? Like these percentage of the macros, like why am I doing these exercises instead of these exercises? And so as a coach, I really take pride in educating and saying, this is why you are doing X, Y, and Z. It makes it a lot easier to stay on track and it makes it a lot easier to stay on a program. Um, and when you are educated and you are making those choices because of your why's, that's where the power comes from. Like it's the choice. It's the, making the choice, the conscious choice and making that mindful choice. That's what I always tell my clients, like everything you do with me will be very mindful. And that's where the power comes from is making the choice from a mindful, educated spot. And if you're not there yet, then communicate with me and we'll walk you through it. I mean, everybody has their own backstory. It's going to be a little bit different every time, but as soon as you establish your why and being mindful about your why every single day, it makes your program a lot easier, a lot more fun. Um, and you get results a lot faster because everything you're doing is backed by something super powerful. And that's where it all comes from, at least for me. And that's what's worked for, for my girls. But finding that why is super important. Yeah, I love that. Um, and so, you know, I know for me personally, I, you know, it's something that I coach. And so obviously I'm aware of how important it is to be mindful uh, but it's still something that I struggle with. And I think, you know, just as a business owner and I have other stuff going on in my life all the time and it's easy to get distracted and disconnect um, from, you know, what I'm feeling and just constantly be on the go and, and not taking a step back and um, just sitting with, you know, being mindful. And uh, so I'm wondering uh, if you have any personal practices that you go through, whether it be like meditation or you have a morning routine or journaling or, or what that looks like for you to make sure that, you know, you're staying connected to yourself. I realized that I haven't taken a vacation or taken a break from work or a break from my computer since June of last year. And I was experiencing burnout. Burnout for me is something that like comes very quickly. And then it hits me like a ton of bricks. And I was just like, my creative space isn't there. My creative brain isn't working. Um, and so I actually, what I do is I, like, I just turn everything off. Like I'll turn off my computer. Of course, I'm still connected to my clients, uh, but those are my people. So I'm okay with that. But I'll, I'll, I'll turn off my creative brain for a little bit put away my computer, um, and spend me time. I mean, my me time is in the gym. And so that is a time for me to turn off everything. Everything gets turned off except for my clients. My clients are contacting me. It's an emergency. That's one thing. Um, but I don't go on Instagram. I don't try to think about emails. If I get an email, I wait until I'm done with the gym. Um, that's something that's super important to me, but also taking a break from everything for multiple days on end. I don't know if you did that when you, I know you were just traveling. I don't know if you were able to take a break, but it's super refreshing. And then you come back from that vacation and you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, it's like completely rebooted. Um, so taking those breaks for like one, two days at a time is something that I found is really useful for me. And I have to be better about it. It's not easy. I mean, you understand being a business owner, it's like, there's always a list to do. And that list is minute you cross two things off that list, five more things get added. <laughs> and you, you know, it either gives you anxiety or you're like, you know what? That list is always going to be growing. I need to take a break for myself and be mindful that I'm going to experience burnout if I don't. <laughs> and um, so traveling and like really shutting off my computer is something that really helps me kind of get back into that creative space and gets me back into that like motivational area where I can 
I can create again, which is really important. Yeah, so important. And you're, it's kind of like what we talked about in the beginning with uh, when we have clients who are putting everybody else first. And it's like, well, you have to actually take care of yourself so that you can be the best version for everyone else. The same thing when you own a business and when you are coaching clients that if we're not taking care of ourselves first, then we're not showing up as the best coach or the best business owner that we can be. Uh, It does get difficult, I would say, on a day-to-day basis. I always have to remind myself to schedule that time in to recharge my batteries and like the vacations are great and I definitely came back like super refreshed and ready to go but I also have to remind myself on a daily basis that uh, I need to block out that time where I'm I'm not constantly on or thinking or writing or you know whatever um, and and scheduling that in Um, so it's one of those things that you know I think it's easily easily relatable uh, from the client perspective because you know, when you're do- when you're dealing with a fitness journey, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is that there's so many distractions. So we talk about making conscious choices all the time and being connected. Um, you know, it's it's easy to get distracted from that. And there's you know, being pulled in so many different directions. Uh, it's not always an easy decision to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna like really be in tune with what my body wants at this given moment. Um, so it's like just constantly practicing that and you know, realizing that it does take time um, to be patient with yourself and be patient with the process. Um, so, 100%. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to just kind of like wrap up with, with a couple more questions um, and, you know, respect your time. I appreciate you coming on. No worries. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to know like what you have, inst- what is exciting you now? Like what is something that you're working on or something with one of your, with your clients or just something that is kind of getting you excited each day that, that you have going on right now? So I'm really, I really love being creative. Like that's my, my thing is being creative and designing and developing. And so right now I'm working on a like 365 days of empowerment journal. So it's each day you go in and you get to journal, you know, what made you feel powerful and you, are consciously thinking about the choices you made that day to empower yourself. Um, whether that's with fitness and nutrition or something in your career or leaving a toxic relationship, you know, whatever, you know, there's so many things that you make choices on every single day. Um, and then there's big choices too. So every month you'll reflect like, okay, what, what was a big choice that I made or something toxic I got out of, or, you know, that type of thing. So that's been really fun for me to create. And I'm really excited for this because it's something that, um, you'll be able to keep track of everything with your health and wellness journey, because that's my big thing is connecting empowerment with your health and wellness. Um, but that's, what's, that's really exciting for me right now. That's like my big, my big creative space. It's taking a while, but, <laughs> um, but it'll be worth it. I'm really excited for that. So I think that's kind of what gets me up and, and going because I get to design it. Um, everything's being designed by scratch. So it's been, it's taking a while, but um, I like it that way. It'll be really cool when it's done. So it's been fun for me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And just right along with what we've been talking about, this whole episode is ways to yeah. connect to yourself and, you know, focus on your mindset and, um, you know, just be more mindful. Um, it's funny because I've I've coached a lot of people and, and I say this all the time and I wonder if you agree that uh, I've seen a lot of physical transformations, but I've never seen one occur without the mindset transformation first. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yes. 100%. That's something that we always dive deep into even before they work with me as clients is always, I, you know, I always preface it like, Hey, do you mind if I 
you know, I might dig a little bit deeper than you might be comfortable with, but give me permission. Like if I'm going too far, just say, Hey, that's not something I want to tap into. And that's fine. Um, but I'll always kind of figure out the root of the problem before they even come onto my program. That's something that's super important to me because then it tells me what dots we need to connect before I hand out your program to you, because it's not going to work. I can give you the perfect program, the perfect program, perfect exercise program for your body. But if your mind's not in the right headspace, like if you're not in the right space to take on this program for yourself and make that choice for yourself, then there's no way that you can be successful. It just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of amazing how many food or exercise related decisions come back to other areas of your life, whether it's a job that you don't like or a toxic relationship or you're just you have this outlet that you've kind of been leaning on and not even aware that it's, you know, a trigger for you and um so, you know, <laughs> when, when people sign up for nutrition coaching, they don't realize that there's a whole lot more, um, you know, nutrition and exercise are just kind of vehicles. And, um, you know, it's it's really about the person as a whole. So we can't ignore the stress in their lives and the relationships and all of that stuff. And um, I yeah. think it's, it's awesome that you pay attention to that and really focus on that stuff. Oh, well, thank you. You as well. I remember when you were in town, uh, we talked about you know, clients that you end up being a, like almost a therapist instead of, um, like a, you know, someone who's educating, which is cool. And I'm just curious. I was like, it just came to my head. How do you handle that? Cause I have my own ways to handle like kind of the weight of that. What do you do to, if, if so you have like a really draining day with clients or something like that, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think that like we talked about just finding that time to recharge, um, you know, it's it's something that I know both of us kind of put all of ourselves into our coaching. So um, being drained is something that like I, you know, I give a lot of energy. So at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And uh, if I'm not conscious of recharging my batteries and taking time to meditate or journal or just disconnect, uh, I feel it and I know. And um, yeah. and I it it usually hits me like I'm pretty aware that like, hey, I've, I've really been <laughs> slacking in this area. Um, and it's and, you know, like we talked about, it's it's not fair to our clients to to kind of show up as a less than best version of ourselves. So um, it's just right. that constant reminder of, you know, scheduling in that time. Uh, if I have to put it in my calendar, because I have been slacking, and um, I've just been, um, you know, there's certain periods of time where I think it's okay to just like, like sprint, so to speak. Like if we have something that we're working on and we need to grind it out, um, being strategic about that, but then taking the time to recharge and, and scheduling that in. And that's something that I always do. Like this is a time period for me where, you know, I have a lot going on with my business, um, starting, you know, a group that's, that's about to launch. That's, you know, it's been a draining process just from getting everybody, everything they need and, you know, making sure that all processes are functioning. So like once this group gets started, like I'm going to have to make sure that I'm focusing on recharging my batteries and putting, if I have to schedule it in my calendar every day, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the way. Yeah. Scheduling it is a really good idea. Like actually putting it into your calendar. Yeah, exactly. Making sure you have that time. That's really cool. I'll have to start doing that. I'm always curious because sometimes it's super draining for me. And sometimes I feel like I don't necessarily take the time for myself. And so I'm always curious at what, what other coaches do because I'm always looking for <laughs> new ideas on yeah. how to recharge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that goes. Like when things get busy, the first thing yeah. that goes is the time for myself. And, you know, 
I've been doing it long enough where I know that I can't let that happen. It still happens, but, um, you know, we just try and learn with each experience. And then, so that's where I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do this unless I legitimately have this time blocked off. So, um, you know, that's something where I've actually started to set a reminder in my phone to put my phone on do not disturb. So like nine o'clock at night, do not disturb is going on. If you try to text me, you're not going to get an answer until the morning. And so that's just, you know, one of the things that I've had to, you know, protect that space for, for myself to make sure that, you know, I'm, like I said, like I'm showing up as the best version of me and, um, you know, protecting that time. Yeah. I love that. The do not disturb is a great idea too. I'm going to steal that one from you too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Um, Awesome. So tell people where they can find you and connect with you. Um, super easy. I have two platforms right now. Um, my website is just samdavis.fit and then my Instagram is samdavis19. But other than that, I'm, I'm on Facebook too, samdavis19. Um, but I'm really active on, there's a lot you can find on my website and then also on Instagram. I post and provide value pretty frequently. So yeah, there's that as well. Definitely. Highly recommend everybody go follow Sam because, um, I love the, the content you put out on Instagram. It's awesome. Uh, and thank you. Yeah, just a lot of, a lot of value, a lot of education. Um, I love the message. So everybody, go give her a follow. I'm I'm gonna try and catch up to you. I'm only at like 7,500 followers, so I've got what like 30,000 to go. So <laughs> not quite. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I will catch up with you in less than a month. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye.